Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Today's title of my message is called The Value of Spiritual Disciplines. The Value of Spiritual Disciplines. And if you recall, last Sunday we spoke about the cost of discipleship. And I closed with the words that the Apostle Paul said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 9.27. The apostle said, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. In order to successfully and continually do that, in other words, take up the cross, deny self, keep the body under, we need to maintain a strong spirit. Keeping the body under or crucifying the flesh requires a disciple who has been fortified with inner strength by the spirit as well as a mind that has been renewed with the word of God. We need both, a renewed mind and a strengthened spirit. So today, what we will do is we will study some of the most important spiritual tools that God has given us in order to renew our minds as well as strengthen our inner man. Now, these tools are called spiritual disciplines or if you would, spiritual exercises. And these were given to us by the Lord to help to prepare us and make us spiritually fit for what God has prepared for us while we are here on earth. The Word of God declares that God has prepared good works for us to do And in order for us to be able to do that and fulfill our God-given assignments, we need to have a strong spirit and a renewed mind. I have learned that there are certain things that we know by the Spirit when we get born again. No one has to teach or instruct us about them, simply because the Spirit of God communicates directly with our spirit, and that knowledge is passed on to our minds. So the values I'm going to be sharing with you today are the values which I have been taught personally to practice by the Spirit in my own journey of faith. Now, these values that I will be sharing with you today have helped me through the years to ride the waves, maintain my faith, and overcome the storms of life. One of the things the Holy Spirit will teach us, if of course we are teachable, 
is the importance of maintaining our spiritual health and vitality on an ongoing basis. The Holy Spirit is our coach, he is our teacher, he is our guide, and he was sent to help, lead, and guide us, and as the Lord Jesus said, he will be alongside, he will be within us, and he will become our comfort, but also our spiritual coach. And as our coach, he will emphasize the importance of spiritual exercises or disciplines to which we need to give ourselves to on a continual basis if we are to keep our light burning brightly in this darkened world. Now, this was at least my experience when I was born again. I knew by the Spirit of God that I needed to pay attention to the written Word of God and devote quality time to reading it and studying it. Well, the Lord by the Spirit would highlight, I recall, certain scriptures from the written Word of God which would communicate to my heart and mind the value and the importance of this exercise. One of the things that, of course, invades our spirit when we first get born again is a divine hunger for the Word of God. Let's look at some of these verses in case you haven't noticed them. And here is what Jeremiah said about the Word of God. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. In Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16, Jeremiah is talking to the Lord, and he says these words, Your words, Lord, were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Just imagine that, if you will. Jeremiah's life was, was a tough life. His assignment that God has given him to accomplish was humanly impossible. He faced a lot of persecution and a lot of opposition in order to do and be obedient to what God had called him to do. He knew that the Word of God was his only source of joy and his only source of strength. And therefore, by his own testimony, he said, he devoured it. Your words were found and I ate them. Now he's speaking figuratively, of course. You can't eat the pages from the Bible. He was speaking how devoted he was to the word of God. And he said, in it, he found the strength he needed and the joy he needed to accomplish his mission. The Word of God says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So it is with us today. If we want to spiritually develop and grow, we need to attend to the Word of God. The Word of God is our only source of strength, and if we are to resist and overcome all kinds of opposition, we need to be people of the Word, 
we need to nurture and feed our spirits daily on the written word of God. We need to be devoted to its instructions, its values, and its principles. That is, if you want to be a, a disciple who is strengthened in his inner man, who has a renewed mind, and who is ready to face the challenges of life. You cannot do it apart from the Word of God. God gave this secret of success to Joshua many years ago when he called him to lead his people into the promised land. Now, he could have given him so many other instructions, but this is the one instruction he gave to Joshua. And let's look at what he said to him in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. This book of the law, the Lord told Joshua, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If you will notice, in the first chapter, in the first nine verses of chapter one, in the book of Joshua, God commands Joshua three times to be strong and very courageous. In verse 8, he tells him how to be strong and courageous. And he tells him that this book of the law must be the book that you will meditate in day and night. This is the, the book that you will study it in such a way where you will continually speak it, continually think about what God says, and then be careful to observe to do what is written therein. And here we see the three things that the Lord commanded Joshua to do, and I believe that command applies to us today, the three things that we are to do with the Word of God. Number one, we are to continually speak and say what God says through His Word. In other words, we need to align our language and our speech to be in agreement with God's Word. But in order to do that, of course, you need to know what's in the Word of God. We need to study it in such a way where we understand and know what God thinks about every situation in our life, concerning our family, our future, and God, remember, has an opinion about everything. That's the only way we're going to find out how God thinks, what He says, so that we can always be in agreement in the way we communicate. Remember, speaking the Word of God is an important uh, value in the life of the disciple. It's important what we say. The Bible says that the life, that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Your words matter. 
what you say matters. And what you say contains spiritual power, either for life or for death. And we need to watch the words that often come out of our mouth. They must be in agreement with what God says. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. Because the Word of God says we walk by faith and not by sight. Then, of course, we are to diligently meditate in it day and night. That means you are to think about what God says constantly. And thirdly, we are to observe in order to do what it says. In other words, we are to put into practice the things that we learn from the Word of God. In other words, the Word of God must become our compass, our map for life, and the most loved and desirable asset we have. We need to see it that way. We need to understand its value. Just as natural food is to the physical body, even so the Word of God is spiritual food to our spirits as well as to our soul. In every circumstance of life, we should stop, I believe, and ask ourselves, what does the Word of God say about this situation? How does God think about this? What does He say about it? What are His thoughts about it? And we should meditate on that. As we meditate and learn from its pages in times of need, the Holy Spirit will bring to our remembrance words and passages of Scripture that we've studied and learned to either give us direction, either give us comfort, strength, or whatever, whatever else we need at the time, the Spirit will bring to our remembrance the right word at the right time in order to minister to us that very thing that we have need of. And I found that to be true in my own life. And I trust by now that all of us who have been born again by the Spirit of God have realized the value and the importance of the written Word of God in the life of the disciple. The, the next important uh, discipline that I want to mention is daily prayer and fellowship with the Father. Daily prayer and fellowship with the Father. And um, this is something that we should be applying ourselves to regularly. And this is one that the Holy Spirit emphasized to me right from the start of my journey of faith, the importance of such an exercise is daily fellowship and prayer with the Heavenly Father in the Spirit. And that, of course, requires time. You can't just rush into God's presence and um, just spend a few minutes and you rush out again. We need to take quality time from our busy lives and wait patiently on the Lord. Many struggle in this area. From my years of experience of pastoring people, I know that this is one area that many of us struggle. Don't seem to have time, or rather, at times unwilling, 
uh, to make time for this exercise, either because uh, we allow other things to crowd our days and our evenings, or we consider other things more important than this valuable principle. You know, all of us have the same amount of time. But I believe that some of us recognize the true value and the blessedness of the spiritual discipline, and as a result of that, we prioritize our time. In other words, we have learned to put first things first. I often hear people say things like, oh, I'm so... I'm so exhausted mentally, emotionally. Uh, I just cannot go on anymore. I am tired. I'm exhausted. Well, that tells me one thing. When a person feels that way, that means, if you're a Christian, that you have not taken any time to wait on the Lord in order to renew your strength. You've been running and running and running and running without stopping and taking time to rest in God's presence so that he can renew your strength. Scripture says, and this is one of my favorite verses again in the Bible, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, the word of God says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We see this clear, that if you want your strength to be renewed, if you feel exhausted, discouraged, if you feel emotionally drained, this is what you need to do. Run to the Lord, not from Him, but to Him. So many at times run to so many other things. Some run to the bottle, some run to the pills, some run uh, shopping, everywhere else except the Lord's presence. If you're a believer, if you've been born again by the Spirit of God, God is your Father, and He is the one who is capable of renewing your strength. But the Word says it's they that wait upon the Lord that will renew their strength. When we take time to quietly wait in God's presence, not just pray, but just enjoy fellowship with the Lord. Enjoy time, spending time ministering to the Lord, praising the Lord, thanking the Lord, or sometimes just being still and quiet in the presence of the Lord, focusing on His goodness and on His faithfulness. You know, I remember many years ago when my wife and I ran a supermarket in the early days of my Christian walk, I would come back from the supermarket all frustrated and tired and, and sometimes angry. And, and I would get in the house and I would be in such a terrible mood. And my wife used to say, Andrea, please go upstairs. Well, upstairs was my prayer closet. I would go upstairs in my prayer closet and spend about half an hour and I would come down a completely changed attitude. And this is what we need to do on a daily basis. Every single day we leave our house, we are battling, if it's not emotional, it's spiritual, the atmosphere. 
the darkness around us, every, everything that we engage ourselves to in this world, people, they drain us emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. That strength, the strength of God needs to be replaced and renewed so that we can face another day and face another challenge. Psalm 27 verse 14 says the same thing. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So you see, this is a a vitally important discipline that we need to discipline ourselves and engage God in such spiritual exercises. Daily prayer, fellowship with the Father, strengthens our inner man. It fortifies and charges our energy, our strength, and our spirit with heavenly power. It's like you charge a battery. When it's flat, it's flat. It's no use to anybody. What happens when your cell phone battery runs flat? You go to the source. You charge it again. So we go to our source, who is the Lord himself, in order to be charged and to be filled again with his presence. These waiting times on the Lord are times when we make ourselves available to God to speak to us. You see, that takes time. You can't just rush into God's presence and out again. It takes time to wait on God, to quieten your mind. And it's the time that we make available to the Lord to minister to us, to speak to us, to make His will known to us, to make His thoughts, His plans, and His desires known to us. And now these waiting times help to quieten our minds and reflect on the goodness of God. So often, even when we attend to the Word of God, when we read the Word, or when we are in in fellowship with other believers, worshiping God, our body might be there, but our minds are filled with activities and noise. Well, these waiting times, I don't know about you, but they help me to quieten my mind and to reflect and focus on the goodness of God. The scripture says in Psalm 46, verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. we got to be still, not just in body, but we got to be still in our minds. We've got to learn to quieten our minds down from the noise and the activities in order to hear and to receive that impartation from our Heavenly Father. In the stillness of our mind and emotions, we learn to discern things in the Spirit. We become knowledgeable of the ways of God, of the thoughts of God, and through this exercise, our minds are renewed daily with the way God thinks. The practice of the spiritual exercise, speaking for my own self, has helped me tremendously through the years and enabled me to discern the various seasons and the times of my journey with the Lord. It helped me to locate where I am, where I'm going, and what I need to do 
in order to get there. As I waited on the Lord, I recall many times I would see things in the Spirit ahead, in the future. I would see a picture or a vision, or I would, I would know by the Spirit what God wanted me to do. And this, of course, has helped me tremendously to prepare me for what lay ahead in the ministry, as well as in my own personal life and family. I have found this exercise of waiting upon God, I have received and found true ministry in the Lord again and again as the Lord began to minister to me when I made myself available to the Lord and waited upon Him patiently, as the Scripture says. I believe that one of the main reasons believers are not hearing from God is because their minds are overloaded with noise and activities. They are never quiet in their mind. As a result, their spiritual senses are overpowered and mostly silenced. God's Spirit within us, folks, listen to me. He does not shout. His voice is so gentle and if we are not paying attention, we are likely to miss it. Scripture says in Isaiah 42 verse 2 that he will not cry out nor raise his voice. He is so gentle. When he speaks, it is so soft and gentle. And if your mind is filled with noise and activities, you will definitely miss the promptings or the, the voice of the Spirit within. A biblical example of this is found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 38, and I'm reading from verse 38 to 42. Now it happened as they went, that is Jesus, that he entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. I wonder to how many of us the Lord would say the same thing that you are worried, that you are troubled, that you are afraid, that you are anxious and troubled about many things. Jesus went on to say to Martha, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. You see, Mary chose wisely. She didn't want to miss the opportunity. Jesus walked into her house. She realized that it is far more important to listen to what he had to say than run around and try to prepare him lunch. Here we clearly see the contrast between Martha and Mary. There are some people that like to do things. They are doers. Whenever you see them, they are running around doing this and doing that. 
But there are others that not only do they do things at the right time, but they realize the importance of sitting at the Lord's feet and listening to what he has to say. If I'm going to serve the Lord in a way that is pleasing to the Father, I need to hear his heart. I need to know what he's saying to me so that I can serve him the way he wants me to serve him. I need to understand his heart. I need to know his desires so that I can serve him effectively. Well, Martha, as we read, was preoccupied with much work, which leaves her no time to fellowship or listen to the Lord. All of us who are born again have welcomed Jesus into our hearts, folks. We welcomed him into our houses. No doubt about that. But only very few have time or quality time to sit with him and truly fellowship with his word. This is so important. How much we truly forfeit by neglecting this valuable exercise. God loves you. He desires fellowship with each and every one of us. He loves to spend time with you, to communicate heart to heart, face to face, and to show you things, to impart to you wisdom and strength and comfort and whatever else we need in order to walk in a way that is pleasing to the Father. But it requires one of the most precious commodities we have in life, and that is quality time. I encourage you, you may be new at this, but I encourage you to take time. Don't rush out of God's presence. In the beginning, you might be disappointed. You might not hear anything. You may think it's a waste of time, but God honors perseverance. Practice this valuable principle in your life. You will grow by leaps and bounds. Another powerful discipline that I want to mention is the practice of fasting. Fasting is a spiritual discipline, but it is also a powerful spiritual weapon that enables us to crucify the flesh. On the subject of fasting, Jesus said in Matthew 6 verse 16, moreover, when you fast, Notice that he didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast. Do not be like the hypocrites with the said countenance, for they disfigure the faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have the reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. We clearly see here that Jesus in his teaching, he includes fasting in the life of his disciples, regular seasons of fasting. Not only does he call us to fast from time to time, but he also gives directions on how to fast. True fasting, the Bible says, has many benefits. And as Jesus said, the Father will reward those 
who engage in this exercise the way God designed fasting to work. The abstinence from food weakens the flesh and strengthens our inner man. It denies the most basic and strongest desires of the flesh. It detaches us, I believe, from the physical, natural realm and opens our spirits up to the unseen realm of the spirit. I find that when I fast, I am more receptive, spiritually speaking, than when I am not fasting. It sends a message to our outward man that he's no longer in charge or in control, but our inward man is. The Bible refers to, in one of the passages in the scripture, in the book of uh, Philippians, I think, that many have their belly as their God. In other words, they are dictated by their natural appetites. They are controlled and governed by the flesh. Well, fasting attacks the barriers of the flesh, giving the inward man the ascendancy over our physical, natural desires. And fasting, what it does also, it awakens our spiritual senses. Just as your physical man, our physical body has five senses, even so our spirit man has senses. They are spiritual. We have the sense of seeing in the spirit, the sense of hearing, the sense of discerning. All of these are spiritual senses that are awakened through the practice of fasting. And it becomes easier for us to receive the promptings of the Spirit that come from within. It makes us aware and sensitive to the spiritual atmosphere in which we live. In the book of Isaiah chapter 58, beginning with verse 8, the prophet lists some of the benefits of the true fast of the Lord. And some of these benefits are as follows. He said, when you fast the way God wants you to fast, your light shall break forth like the morning. In other words, revelation knowledge will begin to flow from your spirit to your mind. It goes on to say, your healing, that's physical health, shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. If your bones need strength, regular seasons of fasting will do it. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Wow, what a promise from God. What Benefits, rich benefits, true fast gives the believer. Well, let me go on. The final uh, spiritual value or um, discipline that I want to give you is found in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Let's read Hebrews 10, verse 24, 25, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, 
but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Here we see that this is one of the values the Holy Spirit taught me right from the beginning of my Christian walk with the Lord, was to embrace and love the spiritual family that I was part of and to commit to its growth and welfare. We are called by God, as we've just read, to do what? To consider one another, to pray and encourage one another, and embrace the mission of our spiritual family and commit to its fulfillment. In other words, you got to take part in what your family has been called by God to do. You've got to become an active member of that spiritual family, not just be a spectator, but a contributor to the family that God has called you to be part of. Amen? That means we are not only to pray for the family, but we are also to contribute financially to its needs and outreaches. And this is where our giving, the giving of our first fruits, of our tithes and offerings comes in. Amen? You become a partaker, you contribute, you help the spiritual family that you have been planted into by the Spirit of God. The Word of God says we are to stir up love and good works. Well, that means we got to come up with creative ideas in expressing our love and care for the people that God has connected us to as a community. And of course, this exercise involves various things. Things like getting involved and using our time, our gifts, our talents, in order to further the work or the mission which the Lord has committed to us. This is not my ministry. This is our ministry. It's a body ministry. We are all called to uh, contribute and to become part and to actively get involved in what God is doing, sharing our faith with others. Uh, I know um, there's a person, I'm not going to say any names, he takes my word every week, the messages that I preach, he puts them into little portions and he sends them out to 30, 40 people and they send it to other people. And so the word continues to travel and bless other people as well. And the biblical exhortation is not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, the Bible says, as is the habit of some. We need to be present in our gatherings, whether in body or on the screen. I realize that many of us, all of us, live thousands of miles apart, but in the Spirit, there is no distance in the Spirit. We are present. I see you. We're communicating, and we can encourage each other, even with the means that technology provides us today. So following these instructions, folks, I have communicated to you, and being faithful and consistent in engaging the Lord through the spiritual disciplines, you will grow. Spiritually speaking, you will develop your inward man. 
You will fortify him with strength. You will have a renewed mind ready to face all kinds of challenges. Your spiritual, your emotional and mental health will be fully restored, which in turn will also affect your physical health. But continual negligence of these spiritual disciplines will lead us to what the Bible calls spiritual slumber. In other words, our inward man will weaken and our spiritual senses will become numb and we will grow weaker and weaker. And of course, our spiritual senses will be unable to function as they should. <clears throat> and I, I personally believe that a large section of the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, speaking universally, is asleep, deep spiritual sleep this time. But the Bible says it is high time. And I want to, to awaken out of our spiritual slumber. Of course, these spiritual disciplines that I've given you will help you to become fully and wide awake spiritually. You will be able to grasp things in the Spirit. You will be able to hear the Lord. You will be able to understand what goes on around you spiritually, what goes on within you mentally and spiritually. You will locate yourself in the Lord. You will know where you've come from and where you're going, and you will have the assurance of God's presence in your life. And I want to close with this before we receive communion, because it's our communion Sunday today. And I have asked Pastor Frank to minister to us. So as soon as I conclude, I'm going to hand over to Pastor Frank. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 through to 14 says the following. And do this, knowing the time. It's talking about spiritual timing. That now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Father, we thank you for your precious word to us today. We thank you for the spiritual disciplines that you have freely given us in order to strengthen our inner man, renew our minds, so that we can walk in the way that is pleasing to you. We ask for grace, and we ask for mercy. Forgive us, for many of us have neglected these spiritual disciplines. And we ask you, Lord, to forgive us and to empower us and enable us and help us to engage you using these exercises or principles that you've taught us so that we can grow and develop and take on the challenges that are presented to us from day to day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. 
For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.